came here to say that you don't really want it with us. Yeah, yeah. Sports show came here to say that you don't really want it with us. Yeah, yeah. Sports show came here to say that you don't really want it with us. Yeah. We're talking about this amongst each other, right? Sting returned to AEW this week. We got to talk I got it. Yeah. Sting returned to uh, AEW this week, right? Um, let's take a look at it. Let's just take a look at it. And, I love Um, Damn, it felt good to hear Tony Schiavone say that. It, it, it did, but my um, how do y'all feel about it? Um, Tay, I'm gonna start with you. What? No, mm. no, <laughs> not, not not yet, not yet. You want to go lap? You want to you want to round out the end? Okay, no comment. So, I, so um, you know, I think I'll start this one for this time because um. I like it, but I'm not like completely blown away. Mm-hmm. Reason being is AW has built a lot of its its core like audience of trying to bring the nostalgia feeling back. Arn Anderson, um, Tully Blanchard, Taz, even Chris Jericho, even threatening, oh, we're gonna get Goldberg. Um, <laughs> Even with, with getting Dean Malenko, Billy Gunn, uh, Dustin. It's, it's a very dangerous, very, very dangerous thing your uh, your popularity. Right. But go ahead, Drew. Right. Oh, well, I, um, and I, I, like I said, I like the company. I like what they're doing. But if we're going to be hypocrites, if, if we're not going to be hypocrites, but if we're going to attack one company for using legends, we have to attack AEW as well. We have to. We have to. It's only right. It's only right, and that's that's how I feel about it. I don't see. I'm, I, I, I'm I, have, for, I'm, I have WWE relied on legends recently though. This not past recently. year, I haven't felt these past two years. Right, I felt that we've seen a big a bigger emergence of developing talent from NXT. Right starting to kind of take shape. We don't really have Cena. We don't have, like, a lot of the other, you know, what people say part-time superstars. You don't really have Triple H, you know? So... They didn't even have Roman for a good part of the year. Well, Roman's not a legend yet. 
No, but I mean, like, as far as your building stars thing. Yeah, but he mm -hmm. still, the thing is, his stock is still rising. Yeah. Rollins, his stock is still rising. Charlotte Flair, her stock is still rising. Keep in mind, these people have kind of only been at the top for about five years. And that five years in, in, in pro wrestling goes by very fast. Because yeah. even in that five years, you still had Taker, you still had Triple H, you still had kind of the cornerstones of the industry. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, Dre, I 100% get what you're saying. Like, the nostalgia mm -hmm. factor is cool. It's cool for a while moment. Yeah. But you can't put your entire company... You depend on it. You can't depend on it. Because it felt kind of WCW-ish. We've been saying WCW 3.0 for a while. And, you know, of course, oh, you're AEW haters. No, I don't hate the product, but I'm going to be critical of something that I like. I'm very, like, like if I like something and I'm watching it and I'm engaging it, I'm going to be critical of it. I was critical of, of AEW um, last, the last episode they did uh, when I was on Ramble Mania, shout out to them, about how certain scenes look. I was like, Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa, they're supposed to be, you know, brawling with each other. And we've been around wrestling enough to know you can throw a punch and make it look like a punch being thrown. Uh, but they weren't really doing it. So it's little stuff like that. When it comes to, you know, like we said, nostalgia and, and bringing people back. Yes, it's cute. It's cool. Maybe want to do it, but don't depend on it. Yeah. Don't depend on it. You can't. You really can't. You really because can't. What could Sting really like? All right. Love Sting. Always love Sting. Like I, I tell you guys in the comments, right? It's a, it's, and I hate that I do this to you sometimes when I say, look, you guys are a little younger than me. So, wow. you know, when I watched things live, it was a different feeling than watching them back and kind of doing the, the history check, right? Now, I love Sting. Yeah. He's one of the first wrestlers that I think I remember because I was one of the only kids that I can tell watched WCW when it came on at 12 o'clock in the morning on Channel 2. And I was like mm -hmm. seven, eight years old. You get what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, it's good to see a legend. You get what I'm saying? He looks phenomenal. But we know that he really can't, you know, step in the ring the way that fans would expect him to. And that's why I just don't want it to kind of fall flat. Um, I think that the nostalgia factor is always good for a one-night-only type of thing. But where does this go long-term? And AEW fairly new company. And I think they want to get all the pops they can get. But I'm not sure if this is the right direction. Agreed. Matt, your thoughts? Um. Well... Me and Wilkinson and, and um Tyree, we we've been getting killed on um <laughs> on the Jabba Tiz page oh, and yeah. on the Europe page. And it's, okay. it's 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 a big like I said, it's a misunderstanding. Right. If you're being critical of a of a of a company, it does not necessarily mean that you hate that company. Again. Right. And I'm I can speak for, for Tyree, I can speak for, for Wilkins and for myself, Dre as well, Pete as well. Janelle, everybody, like everybody under the Jabba Tears Network brand, like we have friends in AEW. So, of course, the mindset is we always want 
AEW to grow, succeed, and be as great as they can possibly be. So hating them, so far from the truth. But who would we be as personalities and 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 voices of the media if we weren't being honest and calling out, you know, the 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 contradictions, right? In the wrestling bubble, in the wrestling community. Now it became the cool thing to shit on WWE for everything that they do, whether it be dumb storylines that didn't make sense, using the same talent over and over and 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 wanting to push our indie darlings or the or the or you know the the the, the superstars that we feel like should be in that main event spectrum. Like if we're gonna do that with WWE, why is it such a crime to do that to AEW? You know, so to get back to the question, how do I feel about the Sting edition? I love Sting. I grew up on the Crow and and and, and Surface Sting and 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 him joining Wolfpack. I'm not that big of a WCW fan, but I still watched it because it was a part of the, it was a part of the culture. It was a part of the time frame of everything. So Sting was very big as far as why I watched WCW. So I love Sting. I love what he did in TNA. Or I feel like the his TNA run had to be my favorite as far as his career. That's just me. Joker's thing was dope. Joker's thing was the, the, the truth. Even when he was doing the main event mafia thing, it was just, it was a lot that, that, that coincide with that Sting character. So I get why they added Sting. It was that nostalgia that everybody needed in this time. It was a wild moment. Everybody's been talking about AEW this week. And I feel like they focused on the wrong part of Dynamite because I feel like me, like Pete said it the other day, like that TNA AEW conjunction. I feel like that's the bigger story. But I understood this thing. thing. I just wish on the same night. It shouldn't happen on the same night, and that's where they mess up a lot. They take they take the energy on it. it. It was just a lot. Much and I don't know how long AEW. I don't really, um, you know, guys. I really just chime in to have like talking points and such. But um, that was too big of a story to have. Both of them were too big of stories to have on one night. I think it was just too much excitement. And um, with the sting factor, and and the and the thing is, Matt, I completely agree with what you're saying. Right? I think that it's fair to be objective. And I think that hating the stuff that WWE does has been cool on the internet. You get what I'm saying? Like the internet, the internet fans, they feel like, okay, you know what? Let me just dump all over it because you know we can do that, and we know so much more about wrestling than the average fan. That you know, this is our platform to be able to say, oh, we know, we know, we know. And like I said, they can't book a flight on Southwest Airlines. You get what I'm saying? But it, it's the truth. Now, the AEW, the sting, the sting factor is always going to be, I feel like it's always going to be cool, especially like Pete brought up this good point to me uh, in our chat. You know, TNT, that was Nitro Station. You get what I'm saying? Like, that was the big thing in the 90s. And I think that Sting deserves his flowers, regardless. Yeah. This man is the, I feel like what he was to WCW is what Taker was to WWE in the 90s. 
Well, he's not the Austins and the Hogan's of the world, but he is that cornerstone. And that cornerstone, you know, is someone who's stable, consistent, and who can drive it home. And Sting has been able to do that consistently for the better part of 30 years, and you cannot take that away from him. Facts. Facts. Pete. I really thought Pete went away to put like some stinger paint on too. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, like, think he, Pete was, I, I think Pete was pacing back there, you know. No, uh, well, in reality, why I had to go away is because I had to feed my little one. Um, <laughs> but, and I, and I also had to get some water because I feel like this is going to be a thing, right? Yeah. So here's, here's my thing, right? Um, did I like the Sting appearance? Yes. Let me just start right there, right? I loved Sting popping up. To talk to Tay's point and Dre's point about people always uh, criticizing when WWE does it, right? When they bring back legends, when they have the part-timers like the Brocks and the Goldbergs and the Stings and the stuff like that, right? You're always going to take pot shots at the people on top. And no matter what you're a fan of, okay, WWE, we have to admit, no matter what you think about pro wrestling, is the number one pro wrestling product in the country, if not the world, right? Um, you can argue New Japan, but I would also argue that there's a lot of United States people that are not who are, who are maybe casual fans of WWE who are not casual fans of New Japan for a variety of reasons, right? So WWE is far and away the number one product, regardless of whether you like it or not or anything like that. So people are always going to take pot shots at them, right? But I want to also touch on something that Dre said, and if we're going to criticize one, we need to criticize the other. And I'm not going to go the WWE route, though. We criticized... TNA and Impact every single time they brought in a former WWE name. Okay. When they signed Kurt Angle and then pushed him to the moon. When they signed Christian and pushed him to the moon. When and, and don't get me wrong, some of them were great. What Christian was able to do in TNA, I feel like really brought a lot of depth to what Christian is as a performer and was really awesome. Right. And that was the reason why he got resigned. Right. That was the um, absolute reason why he got resigned. You know, but we used to say it about TNA Impact all the time, all the time. Whenever somebody was released from WWE, the running joke always was, oh, why is so and so in the Impact Zone? Blah, 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 blah. Right. And we're starting to see similar things like that with AEW. Right. Obviously, Zack Ryder showed up for a little bit. Uh, we have the former Rusev and Miro now in AEW. Um, the Jericho signing, I was 100% behind because one of the things I, I personally believe is Jericho is one of the most underrated goats in professional wrestling. In what he's been able to do over his entire career, coming from a cruiserweight in WCW to being the first ever undisputed champion in the WWE to then continuing his career and constantly reinventing himself the way that he has. I think he's one of the most underrated goats in professional wrestling. And Jericho being the first champion was necessary because it gave them someone with star power that their younger talent could chase after. And I think it made MJF storyline and the Moxley storyline and all of that better because it was Jericho, 
right? And he could carry them. All of the agents that they signed, I'm gonna not I'm not gonna sit here and say anything bad about them because we can all make the argument they were some of the best producer and agent minds that the WWE had for a very long time. Right. No one, I think, is ever going to argue that Dean Malenko and Arn Anderson and, 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 and all of those minds were great backstage for the WWE. I'm a huge fan of seeing Arn Anderson on my television every week because I was a huge four horseman in Arn Anderson mark. I love Arn Anderson more than I love Ric Flair. And I love Ric Flair. Right. Well, the, um, real quick. I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. Um, there's a conversation inside this conversation when it comes to the backstage producers in terms of AEW that we'll pro- we'll speak on another time. But yes, but, but I definitely agree with what you said about the mind, the great right. minds, you know, and, and so, you know, we talk about, you know, we open this show with a, a memoriam to the legendary Pat Patterson. And one of the things that people have talked about since his passing is how he was known as one of the best finish men in the business. You needed a finish. You go to Pat. Pat to give you a great finish, right? Mm-hmm. The man created the Royal Rumble. Um, and, and there was a story that came out about how a former writer for WWE talked about how if Pat had an idea and it got to Vince, Vince was 95% of the time going to go with Pat's idea because he trusted so much what Pat thought about the business. And great mind for it. Right. And you got and guys like Arn Anderson, guys like Jerry Lynn, um, guys like Dean Malenko and all of them, similarly great minds for this business. If you've ever I once had the 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 the, the honor of being able to talk to Dean Malenko for like five minutes at a fan convention. And I wish I could have stood there for two hours just listening to Dean Malenko talk. Because right. the way that he talks about the business and the depth of knowledge that he gives is great. Um I think I may have been one of the only people who knew it was Sting the minute the video hit. Whenever I see a crow, I'm thinking Sting. But anyone who knew Sting's music back in the day, that guitar riff was just straight out of his WCW music. Um, So I didn't need the graphic to go up. I was like, oh, crap, that's Sting. They got Sting. What? Um from what I've been reading and things I've been hearing is that TNT really pushed for it as well. Officials at TNT really wanted to bring Sting back home, really wanted to bring Sting. Because apparently TNT is very invested in its wrestling product now. Unlike the days under Turner and AOL where they were not very invested in the in the continuation of WCW. Which right, and they were in a ratings hit. And right. At the time it was the merger um, – WCW was already kind of on its last legs. Right. And so TNT is apparently officials at TNT was are very invested in this wrestling product and really pushing forward. Now, the rumors going around is that Sting will be a regular character on AEW television, that yes, he will wrestle. Apparently his contract is one that has very limited, if minor, bump taking at all, um, and but that he will be active um, and heavily protected. Again, I mean, listen... We've seen guys in the WWE wrestle and not take bumps. Taker took bumps because he wanted to, but Taker could have easily gone into every single match he did the last four or five years and not taken a single bump. Brock Lesnar doesn't really take a lot of bumps in his matches unless he's bumping uh, for a smaller guy sometimes. Like he doesn't take a lot of bumps. 
Let me tell you something. You know, people always like to kind of put Brock in this category that he's like this Conan the Conqueror, but he makes people look good. No, he does. I'm not saying he doesn't take. I'm just saying that unless he's going up against the little guys, when he fought the AJ, when he fought some of the smaller wrestlers, he takes more bumps to make them look I thought he, took some, I thought he was, took some pretty hard hits against Roman a couple of times. Was, and um, Taker, that, that whenever, you know. That, like, it's, you it's a respect factor, no. And, and right. it, it's been publicly stated by other wrestlers, if Brock respects you, he'll bump, he will for, bump you. for you. Which is why Cody tells the story of Undertaker in Cody's first Royal Rumble. If you ever see this interview on, on YouTube, Cody tells the story about how he came in and, to and Taker told him, hit me with a drop kick. And he hits Taker with the drop kick and Taker bumps for him. And he was like, at that moment. He was like, Taker doesn't need to bump for me. I'm some, I'm some, I'm some random kid, and Taker bumps me. First off, Matt, I booked Glacier for a match, and Dre might remember this because I think Dre was at that show. I've actually booked Glacier, and first of all, the man known as Glacier is a great man. He is a great man. Oh God. Okay. Um, but, David got that look like I love the glacier. <laughs> Listen, I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm gonna tell you right now, Matt. Have I, feel like Tavia, I feel like Tavia really liked glacier. I really do too. Have, I do. I do. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I love. I love seen glacier in about. I love Glacier, and I love I love Glacier even more after I met the man and I had like extensive conversations with him um, oh. as a professional as a, as a professional wrestler and understanding his gimmick, you know what was told to him, things that were going on in WCW at the time. It was really mm. uh, when, when you get into those conversations with the man that played the Glacier character. Um, Mortal there, Kombat. There's a lot of there's a lot of well no there's a lot more and, and Matt one of these days I gotta connect you with the man because there's, there's just great conversations that when you really like understand some of those inner workings but that went behind and the machinations that ended up going behind the Glacier character um, yeah. and then how it ended up getting pushed onto the back burner through no fault of the Glacier character um, you know it opens up a different world but anyway get, here's my thing. The issue with AEW, and I think why a lot of fans like it when they're bringing in the Rusevs, and it's actually something that Tony Khan said a couple days ago, where they're like, they're not bringing up everybody. They're bringing in the people that they feel like, you know, people talked about how Rusev was mishandled in his last run with the WWE. People talked about how maybe Sting didn't get the, um, Sting didn't get the kind of run that he wanted to. Right. Uh, or should have they think he should have gotten. Um, and so I think it's going to be very interesting. If Listen, I don't think that was a potentially paralyzing injury. I mean, what more do you expect? This guy at the time was what, 55. Oh, yeah, but I think I think people are still I and mean, I will be I'll tell you straight out. Say I think I'm still a little confused as to why Sting didn't go over Hunter. Um I'm 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 very I'm very uh, confused and and Hunter has a losing record at Mania. A lot of people think Hunter likes to bury people. Hunter has a, a incredibly losing Almost record. Every at Mania. single WrestleMania I've seen uh, over the past, he, he had to get a win. Come on, yeah. I only see the yeah. one, one honestly. Well, and that was against Terrible. Really he, well, he won Batista. Yeah. He lost to Roman. He lost to Seth Rollins. He lost to Taker twice. He, he lost. Beat yeah. He, he beat, beat he beat Orton. He beat yeah. Orton, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I was. And, 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 I was a little surprised. People were giving. I'm excuse me. Nah, right. people were giving him hell for that. For him being Oregon. Yeah, I think I was. I was still surprised. I think a lot of people were surprised that that Hunter that Hunter went over Sting. I think a lot of people and Sting said it in an interview that he did push for a cinematic or some kind of match with Taker, but apparently uh, higher ups didn't uh, feel like that was a match that they were very interested in. Um, and, and again, that's just that a lot of the fans wanted to see that match, right? A lot of people were always pushing for the cornerstone versus the cornerstone, right? Um, here's the thing. If Sting wrestles every once in a blue, if he has like those those matches, like when they bring in a Brock, when they bring in a Taker, when they bring them in for a big match, I honestly think he's going to go against Cody. He's definitely going to have a match with Cody. Oh, why? Um, I, I think that'll why? be explained once. I think next week on Di- yeah. this week on Dynamite, it's going to kind of be. I won't be tuning in, but at the end of the day, I just I just don't see. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be. Interesting. I'm sorry. I just, I just I feel like somebody like Sting, you bring him back for a marquee match, like. Well, here's the thing. Here's I think we're gonna get it, right? Sting, I think we're gonna get Sting Jericho at some point. Well, why I, I don't want to. I don't want to see Sting Jericho. I don't want to see Sting Jericho. I don't want to see Sting Amber. I mean Moxley either. No, I don't think we'll get Sting God, Moxley. No, please don't. Or do Demon Omega. I no, I don't think we'll get that either. I don't think Sting's going to be anywhere near the AEW championship. I think Sting's going to be there for certain matchups. If he wrestles at all, he will be heavily protected. Um, but I think and, – and one of the things that I have respect for Sting, Sting, a lot like Taker, they know their role within the business – they are not there to take the spotlight and go over on other people for the sake of going over. Taker, as much as I am a huge Taker fan and I always wanted Taker to get another title run, Taker never needed the title in the later years. He never needed the title, period. Right? Um, And Sting never needed the title (laughs) in later years. So... I don't think they're going to be they're they're going to be there to he's going to be there to put under talent. He's there definitely there to put over talent. Um I'm very interested to see what AEW does with it. I do think it'll bring a lot of fans to the product. I'm going to reserve judgment on calling them, but I think to to wrap this up, I think what's going to bring a lot more fans to the product is what Matt said. The potential relationship, crossover relationship between AEW, Impact, they're currently been working with the NWA, and possibly Don Callis' relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling, maybe open up doors with New Japan again. Um, rumors that I've heard say that the Good Brothers, who are the current TNA Tag Team Champions, will definitely be coming to AEW for some type of matchup at least once. Um so the possibility of <laughs> uh, uh, four major companies working together, this could be a, a big thing, right? Um, in terms of just and, – and you know it's a big thing. Here's why. I'm because sorry. I'm so sorry. Triple H was asked about it on the media call. And I think if it wasn't a big thing, nobody would have asked about it. True. No, uh, 110% agree. Um, first of all, shout out to my boy Bricks, who, who's tuning in from Orlando. That's my guy. Um, secondly, uh, oh, guys, I wish you guys can see 
<laughs> we laughed at that. <laughs> but um Tay, um I know mm-hmm. you, you 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 jump in and out, but what are like your more or less your, your feelings on like the signing? PG. What signing? PG. Sting. Stinger. Oh, we still on that? <laughs> I know, I, I know, I know because we every we we've said something and then you know you you've rebuttaled every time we said something. But I, I, I want I agree with everything No, no, said. not rebuttal, but you no, you've responded, you've had a response. So I, I wanna like want you to have your straight on non interrupted nope. feeling. Okay. So we're gonna move on. <laughs> Got it. Got it. I know what that means. Got it, got it. So, no, uh, all right. I the nostalgia factor. I got okay. it. And I, 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 I was forever like I'm an old school wrestling fan, like from the the '90s, the late '80s, '90s, and and such. So to see Sting still around and look great is a um, it feels good to see him on TV, especially on TNT. But I just I feel like. Well, a little bit of what you said, Dre, a little bit of what you said, Matt, a little bit of what you said, Pete, right? You know, these are things that I feel like when it's time to hang it up, it's time to hang it up. And I feel like I just don't want him to be in a position where his health could potentially be in jeopardy. You know, still trying to he, – he has nothing left to prove to anybody. Agreed. I feel like he did you – know, he was a superstar for a long time. You know, he was a very big piece to the WCW success, a really big piece to the early TNA success that I've never watched not one episode of TNA. <laughs> for my for mine is equal to major, bro. For mine is equal to major. Yeah, for mine is equal to major. <laughs> but um ah I'm speechless. Yo. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but I do agree. I do agree with you, Pete. When Jericho went to AEW, it made perfect sense. It felt mm-hmm. as if that was the right time, the right situation, the right way. Jericho is somebody who's in, reinventing himself a million times. And listen, you, know? you talk oh, about you talk about the early days of WCW, uh, Tay, just to wrap this up. You talk about the early days of WCW. Now, uh, me and you are a little closer in age than, than everyone else, uh, even though we do have a bit of a gap. Um, you know. And oh, yeah, why, do say, like, why, why do we say things that's not do that we say? <laughs> I'm yeah, we, we, listen, it could have been, yeah, we're a little bit closer to age. <laughs> I'm definitely 20 years older than Tay. I'm definitely 20 years older than Tay. Uh, Boy. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. This episode. She is going to kill you. <laughs> oh, my God. Yo. Yeah. Alexa, yeah. play the Golden Girl theme song. Oh, uh, my God. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh. You're trying to double that. No. You got it. You got it. You got it. Santee's earlier. Now you. Get, oh my God! You want to die? You're gonna die. You're gonna die. There's gonna, gonna, gonna be nothing we can do about it. There's gonna be absolutely nothing we can do about it. I can tell you. Oh my God! I don't always strike. Right, but when you do, oh. you better be oh, on your toes you from now on. Um, you better be on your toes. Oh, I mean, no, I think. I what is one thing that 
that Tay, that WCW did, especially in the early part of the 90s, right? They brought yeah. in a lot of the old W. They brought in Luger. They brought in, you know, and, and so, and people only remember, obviously, the Nash and Hall and Hogan coming over and then everything exploding. But oh, there were crazy. WWE guys, well, WWF guys at the time that were jumping over to WCW to help build that foundation for yeah. WCW. And unfortunately, and what people fail to realize is that AEW does need to bring in some WWE guys because they are where the casual fan is. Because all AEW? the interviews. Well, no, no. AEW needs to bring in the WWE guys because they bring in the casual fan. Because there are more people who know who Rusev is than may have known who some of the indie guys are that they're bringing in. And the indie talent that they're bringing in, the Thunder Roses, the Britt Bakers, the Big Swoles, um, the MJFs, the uh, the acclaimed uh, in Max Caster and Anthony Bowens, these are talent that have been killing it on the indies and are great, but they don't have the mass appeal of a Rusev yet or the mass appeal of a Jericho or even the mass appeal of a Sting. Everyone hears Sting and they're like, oh, my God. Right. I just hate that term casual fan because, I, you know, I always get at everybody when they use that term because I feel like anytime it's like a casual fan of anything. You get what I'm saying? Like... You know, a fan is a fan, and I always feel like, and I'm not saying with you, I always feel like people on the internet use the casual fan term to kind of show dominance because of knowledge. You get okay? Yeah. Yeah. Because there's some casual fans that fans who you guys consider casual who can tell you things about wrestling that you would never even know because you weren't alive to see it. True, true, true. And so I think in terms of, rather than saying casual fans, I would say fans that, the fans that don't tune in to multiple products or, or products. Right, you know. and right, so, the average fan, it sounds yeah, better. If you're just a WWE fan, and, and that's what WCW had to do. If you were just a WWE guy, when, when, when people showed up in WCW, they made a big deal of it being a former WWE guy because that was, oh, I know that guy. Let me go watch that real quick. Right, but even if you just watched WWF at the time, you were not considered um, a casual average fan. Because if, somebody, if, if, if I watched every show that WWF produced back in the 90s, that doesn't make me average. That makes me somebody who's still a diehard. Right. Yeah, no, right, 110%. So um, moving forward, oh, we were having so much fun. <laughs> Until just now. Until <laughs> what we're about to talk about. Um, it's about to get bad. It's about to get bad. <laughs> oh, he brought man. it on himself. Yeah, he did. He definitely brought it on himself. I'm going to just play the clip. I'm going to play the clip. I'm just going to play it. Work and, and, and put it together as much as you can. What do you guys feel like, obviously, with the letdown of last season? What are we in store for this upcoming season, personally from you, but from a team as a whole? For me, you know... Cause a lot, a lot of people like don't know. I work out and I train hard every summer, right? This was the first summer I wasn't able to do that because I had or the, this past summer going into last season was the first summer that I wasn't able to do that because I had shoulder surgery. Mm-hmm. So I missed a whole summer of training, and so when I came back, the team was already, you know, what I mean, rolling. rolling. They already mm-hmm. got, you know, what I mean, we started off okay, but we didn't start off as well as we wanted to, but. 
I feel like they already had a little chemistry going. And so when I came into the mix, I'm I missed the whole like I missed that time in the summer of playing pickup ball, hooping, getting a rhythm, getting a mm-hmm. flow, working on my game. The timing right. The timing right. So when I came back into the league and started playing again, it, I just felt off. Like I didn't mm-hmm. feel like a, a part of the team. And then, you know, the way I was being used, I felt like I was, you know, Doc was trying to play me as like a a Ray Allen or like a JJ Redding, mm-hmm. like all pin downs, all like I can do game. it, but that ain't my game, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I need some flow. I need some mixes of, of pick and rolls. I need some post ups. All that. Just different touches. You know what I mean? All right. <laughs> all right. All right. Oh. Uh. <laughs> Yo. For those who are listening to the audio, Matt just dropped his, his headphones and walked off. Um, Ted, I really want you to start with this one. I really, really want you to start with this one. <laughs> On this that one. like a bunch of nonsense. That sounded terrible. It sounded like weak. It was a weak excuse. You get what I'm saying? And to be honest with you, like, this is a guy who says he loves the Clippers and wants to retire a Clipper and all this stuff like that. And I feel like he's been underperforming for the past few seasons, not just this season. The last time I thought that Paul George was above average was maybe the 2012-2013 season. 2014, maybe, if you want to be cool. So I yeah, well, they were giving fits. Yeah. So what I don't understand is, like, how he was able to kind of skate on that excuse. Man. That, excuse was, uh, that was an abysmal excuse. Um, it sounds poor form. It sounds exactly how I thought he would sound. You get what I'm saying? Like, I, I know I give Kyrie a lot of flack, but um, Paul George right now sounded like somebody's uncle who thought that he still had skills on the court and got embarrassed by the next generation. And this is um, a, a superstar here. I, 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 you know, shut up. Shut yeah. up, man. Shut up, man. Sounded dumb. I agree. No. And that was my, no. my very PG version. Right. Um. Everybody has to do a PG version because I believe we cursed enough earlier in the episode. So. Um, I, I, I didn't curse at all. No. Me and Matt did. <laughs> um Pete your thoughts on or your thoughts on um matter of fact no 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 I, I'll save that last clip for Matt. Pete, you go. How do you feel about this? This sounded like a Roy Hibbert excuse. Boy. Paul George having a Roy Hibbert moment. Um that's that that's that Indiana coming through real quick. Um listen. Paul George is the man who called himself Playoff Pete. Okay. Um, You coming around talking about, oh, I was injured. I was this. I was that. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. Um, I could understand that excuse for the pre-COVID part of the season. After COVID happened. And everybody had that time off. And then we came back to the bubble and went to the playoffs. What's your excuse for that? Because you had time to rest. You had time to rehab. 
everybody was rusty coming back, right? So what's going on here, right? You And then you want to talk about how, oh, Doc wanted to play me like a Ray Allen, J.J. Reddick type of player. Well, if the shoe fits, wear it, bruh. If you can do it and be good at it, wear the shoe. Why are you complaining? This sounds, this is what it sounds like. Where I didn't get enough plays drawn up for me. Where I didn't get the ball enough. Where I didn't get to score enough. We all know that when two superstar caliber players who play similar wing positions are going to team up, when we see two guards team up like this, when we when the Harden Westbrook thing happened, all that stuff, what's the first question we always ask? Are we going to have enough touches for everybody? Because unfortunately, and Tay has spoken about this extensively, the NBA has changed where now everybody wants the ball. Everybody wants to be a star. When back in the day, guys were a lot less selfish. People were willing to play off of somebody. People were willing to be the 1A, 1B for one night. I'll take over Monday. You take over Tuesday. I'll take over tomorrow. Right? Nowadays, everybody wants to score 40 on their own in one night. It's just not possible. So I don't want to hear it out of Paul Jordan. You failed. In your first season in L.A. I'm not saying the experiment is a failure. I'm not going to say that the pairing of Kawhi and Paul George is a failure. It's an abysmal failure. Hold on. He failed. They failed in their... See, remember, everybody put the expectations on them to go to the finals. So, from based on those expectations that other people set on them, right? Hold on. It would have been different. Kawhi didn't come out and Paul George didn't come out and say, we going to the finals, we winning the chip this year. Everybody else put the expectations on the Clippers. Based on those expectations, they failed. Did they go as far as we thought they should have? No. Did Paul George fail in his role in year one? Yes. Okay. Did Kawhi disappear at the end of the year? Yes. To some extent, he did. Right? To all extents, all disrespect. Right now, now could Paul George and Kawhi Leonard come back next season and change the narrative? They can. They won't. Will they? I don't know. But year one, what Paul George has got to do and what he should have done was say, you know what? We didn't live up to the expectations. We did not do what we needed to do. I did not play at the level that I needed to play. That's it. Take responsibility for it. Move forward and bust out next year. He played as best he could. As, as he played as best as he could um, because he is limited. As it, he is not that super. Okay, mm. Paul George and I hate and I'm here to say mm. he's not a superstar. Not at all. No, he's not, not an A plus player. Shout out to Danny Granger. He's a B player, right? Trying yeah. to, to to pose as an A plus player in a league that averages A minus, he's not there. He hasn't been there in a long time, and I do think that this has failed because if Doc couldn't get them together, even though Doc has not been as successful as a coach in LA over the past few years, to be honest with you, because yeah. I do not see this being 
what it was. People were going off because Kawhi looked like a monster in Toronto, looked like a monster in San Antonio. And you thought with that, with that core, with that player, with uh, Paul George, it would have been a, 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 um, a lock and seal. But I exposed mm-hmm. them very early in the season before the the pandemic. Yeah, you did. You got one more year. I wouldn't even give them that. But no, it's one. It's a one and one. They both have options, so it is. It is technically two, but it's a one and one. If they don't make it, I I would definitely just not come back. So before I go to you, Matt, let me play this next clip. I think you're gonna like one. We feel like you know we gonna win the next one. We lost. We like cool. We up three two. We gonna win the next one. We lost. But during that during that whole process, like we we never worked on adjustments. We never worked on what to do differently. Um, We just literally having the same shit happen over and over again. So it, was, it it started to play a trick on you. Like, man, like, what's going on? Like, you know what I mean? We talking amongst each other. Like, the conversations is like, nah, we're going to be all right. The conversation should have been like, nah, we need to this change we this. Do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need to switch this up. We need – so it it we, – we wasn't – like, at the end of the day, I don't, I don't think we deserved it. We wasn't prepared enough going into it. Just us making adjustment standpoint. Uh, we we wasn't prepared. We didn't put the work into it. It was kind of just like, yo, we got PG, we got Quad, we got Lou, Lou Trez. Trez. Like, we we gonna be straight. We gonna figure it out. All that shit on paper looks good. It but looks like we good, said, but man, it's man, that you know, like, and and I and he's blaming Doc. Lord, right, right. Lord, he's blaming. Lord. He's completely blaming Doc. Um, so Matt, I'm gonna let you go, and then I, I'm 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 gonna round round it out with what uh, because people were kind of getting on Matt Barnes and Stephen Jackson. You saw Stephen Jackson like, looking at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like people were getting on Matt Barnes and Stephen Jackson. It was like, oh, like because you know they're interviewing. They're not gonna go at him. They're trying they to said. get they, the story. No, they can. They, no, they could. They, they want to make him comfortable. They want to make yeah. him comfortable to hang himself, which is what he did. He right. hung himself. He look. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah, all right. Matt. This whole I, I P- granted, PG, like, PG, PG, I, PG. Yeah, like I, I got you. <laughs> this whole thing that like Taylor kind of glossed over it. Doc didn't have a successful run in, in LA. I'll give you that. But to try to downplay this man, like he is not a good coach or a great coach at that. It is so, so, and I know Tavia hate when I say this, but it is so disrespectful for Paul George to be saying the stuff that he's saying. Accountability is the word for this situation. Kawhi Leonard and Tate, I give you that because you said you 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 came at us. You said that we don't give Kawhi Leonard the smoke that he deserves. And accountability is what Kawhi Leonard and Paul George need to have. Kawhi Leonard went to the Clippers and said, look, if y'all do not get Paul George on this team, I'm going to the Lakers. You strong-armed them to get this man on the Clippers for y'all to not perform, for him to have 10 points, five turnovers, and four rebounds. Accountability needs to be had. Paul George not give me that sad story I tore my, I messed up my shoulder. I had surgery. They had chemistry. I came late, so it kind of we didn't do adjustment. I don't want to hear that, bro. You are a professional. You are a marquee player. You're getting paid 
to be a marquee player. You get in where you fit in. That's how that works. I don't want to hear that. I do not want to hear that. I don't want to hear nothing about, oh, we needed to make adjustments. You are a star player. You need to you need to get Doc and Doc in because y'all got favoritism. The word of the year was load management. You and Kawhi both had load management. Getting they in. Getting Ty Lue in. Getting all of their ears and say, look, we need to make adjustments. I'm not getting as much touches. You got that right. Kawhi has that right. Y'all are the captains of that damn team. I want to hear that. You that made it seem like you didn't have a voice. That is an excuse. That is why you left. Because y'all were not mm -hmm. being held accountable. Mm -hmm. And now look at y'all. Y'all look bad. And let me read up. The players play. I always say this. The coach don't lace them up and the coach don't get on the court. So at the end that. of the day, if you feel as a player on the court that you need to make an adjustment, you make that adjustment. Because one of my boys who played football for a very long time will tell you, if I feel like my coach is making the wrong call and I see a play on the field that could be made, I will change the play and make the play that needs to, needs to be done. And I will go back to the sidelines. And guess what? If it works, your coach ain't going to tell you nothing. That's true. It's when you change stuff that your coach told you to do, and then you look stupid and it don't work. Then's when your coach come out and say, what I told you to do. But if you go out there and you make a play adjustment and it makes you look good, coach ain't going to say nothing. You know, you know what's funny? I had nothing about no player-only meetings with the Clippers. Exactly. And you Kawhi have because Kawhi doesn't know how to lead by example. He's a quiet player. Kawhi he, does not know how to lead, just exactly, in general. Kawhi does exactly. not know how to lead in and general. Paul George apparently <laughs> does because that's what he did in Indiana, right? No, that's what Danny Granger no. did. Let's let's be clear. That's, let's a, be that's real what Danny clear. Granger did. That's Stop. what David David Stop. West did. That like it was everybody but Paul George. Exactly. Everybody but so, Paul George. That's what so. I mean. Accountability. <laughs> they need to be held accountable. And that's why that team fell apart. That's why Trans is over there in freaking LA getting that rich Paul money and about to see another championship. Why? Because the star players were not being held accountable. Say they what you weren't. want. Say what you want about like people say what they want about LeBron James. LeBron holds himself. He's, He's a, leader a leader and he holds himself accountable. Like as much as people say he doesn't, bruh, if you hear the, if you really listen to the way he talks, like really he calls play only meetings. Bruh, like he called them. A D he even said that A D was trying holding him accountable for defense this year. Because A D is a defensive player. He's almost always up there for defensive player of the year. So he's holding the best player in the world accountable. Kawhi, you can't be the best player in the world and you're not even holding your sidekick accountable. We people that like, oh, it's up to right. That you ask for. That you ask for. And Pete, I know you mm. love Frank Lawrence. Dre, you love Frank mm. Lawrence too. Lawrence Frank. To, you know who I mean. But you <laughs> got this man looking stupid because he got mm. rid of Gallinari and Shay Alexandra. That's what that's what that's what they did. That's what they gave up for and Paul George. Boy, if they had Paul George. if if they kept their same team, if, if, and and added Kawhi, 
it probably been a better result. And see, that's the problem sometimes with adding these star players and bending to their wills of saying, well, I want you to bring in so-and-so player at the expense of all these other players. Yeah. No, I 110. And listen, I, I, I hated, and I ate my words on this one, mm-hmm. I hated on LeBron James when he returned to Cleveland and requested that they get rid of Andrew Wiggins. I hated on him for that. And as the years went by, I ate my words on that. I said, you know what? He was right on that. I love K-Love. But I was like, oh, we got to get rid of Wiggins for it. I I was wrong on that. But we are seeing with a lot of other situations that getting rid of complimentary young pieces in order to bring in a perceived star to double team up doesn't always pan out. A hundred and thirty-six million dollar contract for you to be sitting Did. here blaming the of Paul George. That's how much he that's much yeah. that's how much his contract is. 136 million. But you I just sit there and talk about some oh my shoulder. I, I, I couldn't mix in no you, 136 million for 10 points and five turnovers. Hold on, you know what's funny? If you don't sit okay, she gave him. Okay, she gave him that money. You know what's funny though? You know what you know what's funny though? Because of Russ. Steph Curry came back in midseason and he fit in just fine back with the Warriors. After they had a whole uh, team, uh, I get. I guarantee you. I guarantee you, Kevin Durant. If he'd have come off injury early, he'd have found a way to gel with the chemistry. Find a way. You would have figured. He would have figured it out. He would have figured it out. Find a way. You find a way. Kyrie was that. He he did. He was Kyrie injured. Was injured. Oh, no, no, he back. Listen. He fit right back in. Yeah. We, 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 we get on Kyrie. But every time Kyrie was hurt. But when he came back to play with Brooklyn, he gelled with them. He gelled with them. He gelled with them. So I I don't like the excuses. I hate the excuses that he's making. It's making him look terrible. Like it's really, really making me really dislike Paul Judge. Like I I was thinking, Doc Rivers, bro. Right. I I was thinking maybe we were being like, okay. I know in the playoffs he was playing bad. Maybe you know, like how we get on Giannis, but. Giannis, Giannis, take, Giannis has been taking responsibility. Yeah, but Giannis is anywhere near where Paul George is as far as tenure. You get what I'm saying? Right. Paul and George, experience. So, yeah, that's what I mean. But, but you Paul, know what I think it is? He's humble. By now. I'm not saying that Paul yeah. George isn't humble. Yes. But Paul yes. George has been hyped up. He's and he's believing. He's, but no, no. He is eating. He is eating that hype. With a big spoon. You got a guy like Giannis who has been hyped up to the moon, but Giannis has never projected his own hype. You never see Giannis project his own hype. Paul George out here thinking he's the second coming or something. And I'm just like, bro, you believe in your own hype. You not delivering. Because he dunked on LeBron. That's what it was. That's what it all started for me. I think that's what it did. Because he dunked on LeBron. He thought he was something. Yeah, well, yeah, the, Josh Knox dumped yeah. on Jordan, but you don't exactly. see, and, and then, then boom, <laughs> boom. So, um, to 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 bring it back a little bit, the playoffs in the NFL are starting in three weeks, four weeks. Um, so with that, oops, sorry, I didn't mean to put that. yes, I didn't mean to put that up. Bring back Glacier. all elite, all elite Glacier. 
So, so if but with everything going on, you know, we we show so much love to Pat Mahomes and Russell Wilson. And we talk about Tom and and future Hall of Famer Patrick Mahomes, future Hall of Famer, yes, future Hall of Famer Russell Wilson, be um, the NFL MVP this year, Russell Wilson. Yeah, so uh, if the playoffs started today, right now in the AFC, here's how it would look. Boom. Pittsburgh, um, the false, the fake eleven and old team right now. Why are you I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. I have a good but, friend of mine who is a diehard Pittsburgh um, fan. She will fight you, Dre. <laughs> I don't want to fight right now. I don't want to fight. So Pittsburgh will be. Uh, we'll get the first round by Indiana versus Kansas City. We already know how that's going to go. Miami versus Tennessee. Cleveland versus Buffalo. Um. Out of the, who do you see coming out of the AFC in this? Um, Pete, I'm going to start with you. To me, it has to be. I think your AFC conference finals is going to be Pittsburgh versus Kansas City. Um, in in my opinion, based on that, right? I think because Kansas City, I think um, Kansas City will beat Indianapolis, mm-hmm. um, and then Kansas City will go on to play the second lowest seed, which I think uh, would probably end up being either Tennessee or Miami, uh, depending on who wins that secondary game. Um, I mean, I have I, I Tennessee. Well, here's the thing. I think Tennessee will beat the Browns. The yeah. Miami, the Miami game. Who was Miami playing in that setup? The Bills? Tennessee. They, they're playing Tennessee. Oh, so the Miami-Tennessee game is the throw-up. The Bill game, I think the Bills beat the Browns. Um. And so I think you end up having the Browns too. Yeah, so I think you end up with the Bills. The Bills would be the lowest seed, correct? Dre? The no, no, Miami. So if Miami were to beat if Miami were to beat Tennessee, then Miami would end up playing Pittsburgh and Kansas City would end up playing Buffalo, which would be a uh-huh. very interesting second round. Uh, I think with Pittsburgh, we could possibly get past Miami, depending on a couple of things, if they're healthy and things like that, just based on the experience of Pittsburgh playing in that situation. I don't know if Tua Tungavailoa can really, can can hold himself in the playoffs. Playoffs, you know, yeah, we don't play Absolutely back. not. Um, I'm okay. Against the Bills, if they end up playing the Bills? No, I think it, it's going to – yeah, AFC is gonna be hard. The AFC is gonna be very difficult. Um, I think there's gonna be an upset there too. I don't know where the upset's gonna gonna lie, but I see that there's a couple of teams there that can definitely make a, a decent upset. The Bills have been playing really good this season, better than last season. And the thing right. is, I think that what happens with the Kansas City Chiefs, I I I like the Chiefs going to the Super Bowl again. I like that. Don't get me wrong, but for some reason, I don't know. I feel like there's an upset somewhere in there. Well, since you're since you mentioned it, who do you see coming out of the AFC right now? Like, if you know, yes, who, who, what, what team in the AFC will will come out and and be uh, be in the Super Bowl? I want to see the Steelers. We're dope. probably gonna see the the Chiefs, but I want to see the Steelers. I want this for Tomlin. Yeah, I, I want it for Tomlin too. I think that this is this will be the changing of a guard from the the, the last of the Mohican era. You know what I'm saying? Because 
we don't know what Tom Brady's doing and uh where he wherever he is, Tampa. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, dynasties are kind of dying from that two mm-hmm. thousands era. And I kinda wanna see the last, I kinda wanna see uh Mike Tomlin get another one. I that's what I, wanna- I want. I want to see, yeah. I would love to see Ben and 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 Mike get one, and then they go because Ben has been contemplating retirement for the past years. couple of years. So, um, even though I love Mike Tomlin, if he's to go out this year, not saying he would because I, I know he has some years left on the deal. But if he was to go out with Ben, fine, that's perfect with me. So I w- I would also choose. The Steelers, but in the back of my mind, I still it's hard for me to go against the Chiefs. Yeah, of course. And it's still hard, and it's even it's also hard for me to look at a potential Chiefs um Titans matchup and not look at it like, all right, you gotta play your best because right. the Chiefs the Chiefs don't have the best run defense. You know what the they Titans don't. do. They don't you know what the Titans do. It's scary. Yeah. That's right. what makes it scary for me. I mean, granted, we've seen Patrick Mahomes do some miraculous things in his short career, right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, I feel like Mike Tomlin will have something for that asset in the in the uh, the, the the conference game. Yeah. I could I could see that very well happening. You get mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I, I am nervous about this record, eleven and no record. I'm nervous about it because at the end of the day, like it's it's traditionally known that these teams underperform in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. Matt, who you got coming out the AFC? Well, as Shannon Sharp would say, Uncle Shan, Steelers, Healers, they got to beat them killers. Chiefs is going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> I don't care what nobody said. Boy, right. Patrick Mahomes too legendary. Let's let's just get that going. Too legendary. They established, and you know how Patrick Mahomes play, man. He likes coming from behind. So even if they if they even look like they're about to drop the ball and lose, they come back and win. But let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. The 49ers honestly played their best game of the entire season, the first half of the Super Bowl. I was on the Kansas City Chiefs bandwagon all last season, as you as evidenced by past episodes, right? Mm-hmm. I do feel like they had an easier path to the Super Bowl last year than they will have it this year. I do feel like the Patriots, I knew that the Patriots were not going to beat them last year. No, no, they didn't go against the Patriots in the finals. I forgot who they went against. Because the Patriots were uh, up there, Yeah, they got beat by the they, – didn't they get beat by the Titans? They got beat by the Titans, yeah. They got beat by yeah. the Titans. That, that was the upset. That was the big was, upset, right? I was drunk yeah. all week celebrating. Yeah, I remember sure. that. I remember that like yesterday. But I don't – the thing is, I feel like the Steelers are a tougher team. They are. Yeah. Mike, they are. If yeah. Mike Tomlin is just a good – a really good coach. And he can do a lot with less. And we've seen him do it. So – yeah. That's gonna be a hard matchup, but it's just you look at that side. <laughs> you just look no at replacement <laughs> for experience in the playoffs. Right. Agreed. Agreed. So on to the NFC. If the NFC playoffs started today, <laughs> uh, Nola would be the first round by, which you know kind of scares a few people because you know every time they get in the playoffs, something dramatic happens. So, um, right now it would be 
Arizona versus Seattle, Tampa Bay versus Green Bay, and L.A. versus the Rams, sorry, Los Angeles Rams versus our, well, me and Tays, New York Giants. Um, Matt, out of what we have in the NFC East, who would come out and be the um, the winner of the NFC? It won't be the Giants. Not, no, I'm sorry, not NFC East. But who 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 would be the winner of the NFC? Of course, you would say not the Giants because your Jets your Jets can't make the playoffs. But smell the playoffs. Really, really, really. I'm struggling between three teams. Do not say Green Bay. I am going to say. Don't say it because it ain't happening. Look, I got so much. Tampa Bay is going to destroy Green Bay. Yeah. They're going to destroy Green Bay. There's something about that Brady that that activates in that playoffs. But go that ahead. Time, that same time Brady that lost to the Titans last year. That same time Brady. Yeah, but you know, no, it doesn't. But look, we talk about last year, but what about all the years prior? We can't just focus on one year loss. You get what I'm saying? Like you, you can't focus on that. Same time Brady that that, that lost to Nick Foles. That that don't really, that that one. Tom Brady didn't lose to Nick Foles. Tom Brady's defense lost to Nick Foles. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I I feel like Russell Wilson needs it this year, and I feel like the motivation is there. Yeah. So I'm struggling with I'm struggling with Seattle. I'm struggling with Green Bay. And I'm struggling with um the Saints. Not necessarily. No. <laughs> I want to say Tampa too, because again, this is it is Tom Brady. I get the man's flowers, um, but and he has such a freaking slaughter team. It's just not fair. It's like NFL streaks. Yeah. <laughs> like really, so it's like hard to go against it. But then he has to get past that man. Who Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, that man. You, you are not some right. That man. He's still that man. Um, but that yeah. man that won one ring. Look, let's not let the Almost facts get what, between the They ain't gonna do that. Don't do that. Still Aaron okay. Rodgers. Still Aaron okay. Rodgers. But yeah, those yeah, and Roy Rogers is still a restaurant, but we don't even know where that is anymore. It's on the turnpike. I've seen it. It's in Benzinhurst. <laughs> I'm ill. In Sheephead Bay, but it's hard to find. It's hard to find. You're right. Not for me. Right. It's on the turnpike. Some turnpike. No, no, no. It's hard. It's hard to find. Like like Aaron Rodgers in the Super Bowl. But uh, ah, <laughs> Ray, really? Drew Brees only won one ring, and we talk about him like he's a god. I don't. Man. I don't. I'm going with Seattle, right? I don't. <laughs> Seattle. Oh. I don't. I never did. You know. Um, I never did. Um, quickly, Pete. Who I've got, I've got. I, I do have Green Bay beating Tampa. I don't know if Tampa. Thank you, um, Pete. Here's the thing. Lead off with that. That's that man. Go ahead. You know you want to. I, I don't have Green Bay beating Tampa because I think of anything other than I don't know if this team is going to gel. They've been so inconsistent um, this year. And Brady's great. Brady's great. And in the playoffs, it's a whole nother monster for Brady. I get that. Um, But I feel like Green Bay just has a lot more consistency going for them. And now, again, this may change if all of a sudden Tampa Bay turns into world beaters the end of the year. 
Yeah. Right. If they start getting a getting a steam in front of them and they start doing what they need to do, this could change. Um, well, him and his coach stop capping and making them like their best friends and they not. I have the Rams. I have the Rams beating the C. Uh, sorry, the Rams beating the Giants. Um, I just I just don't think even if the Giants get in as the second ever losing team to win a division and make the playoffs, uh, I don't think it's gonna happen. They're gonna get washed. The my big my big problem game is Seattle Arizona, yeah, and it's because Arizona, uh, Seattle defense is very porous against the pass, and Kyler Murray can really throw the ball very very well. That offense can score, um, so I would not be surprised if we see an upset in that Seattle Arizona game. I have Seattle winning the game. I would put my money on Seattle. But just based on the way Seattle's defense has been playing, they scare me going up against a team like Arizona. It really, really do. Um, but if my four teams come through, Green Bay, St. Louis, um, Seattle, and New Orleans, it'll end up being New Orleans versus the Rams, which then is going to be a very interesting idea because can the Rams' defense overwhelm Drew Brees? Because uh, he'll probably be coming back from them ribs with only maybe, what, two weeks to play? I don't think he should, man. Uh, and then then again, Seattle runs into a problem because you'll have Seattle versus Green Bay. And can Seattle's defense hold the scoring output of Aaron Rodgers? Um, I think the NFC is more of a throw-up than the NFC. Um I agree with everyone. I think Seattle, this is a time to get that ring back that they lost for calling a stupid pass play instead of a run play uh, against the Patriots. But I think Seattle is the best team to do it. But there are a lot of defensive questions about Seattle uh, going into the playoffs. All right. Let me let me break it down for you right now. Uh-huh. You guys tend to forget that somebody called Antonio Brown, right? Somebody called Rob Gronkowski, right? And somebody who, Rob Gronkowski won them their last ring, not even Brady. It was Gronk, right? Granted, they are inconsistent. Inconsistent, yes. They still have a scary record with all those inconsistencies, okay? Green Bay does not have the weapons that Tampa Bay has. All y'all talk about is Aaron Rodgers, right? And he has made some miraculous plays in his career. And yes, he is one of the top tier quarterbacks. I will give him that, right? But I cannot, with good faith, say that in this division, this year, you get what I'm saying? That we don't have two teams that are better than the Green Bay Packers right now. And that is the Seattle Seahawks and the Buccaneers, right? My pick to leave the NFC is, knock on wood, the Seattle the Seattle Supersonics. The Seattle Seahawks, right? We miss, we miss, we miss the Supersonics for sure. Yeah, I don't know where the hell that came from. But um, I feel that Russell Wilson has been playing lights out this year. I feel that he is more capable than Aaron Rodgers, to be realistic. Drew Brees, to me, is, you know, they have a strong core in NOLA. You know what I'm saying? They can really make a deep run as well. But if I'm put, if I'm placing bets, I'm placing bets on the, the finals being 
Tampa Bay versus Seattle with Seattle having kind of the group. So, so you ain't got no faith in Devontae Adams? Is what you telling me? No. So, Who? my pick. <laughs> I think my pick, honestly. Wow. It's going to be a funny <laughs> pick. It's going to be a funny pick, but I if think you that. Rams, I'm hanging up. If you, pick up the, if you pick the Giants, I'm hanging up. <laughs> I was going to say the New York football Giants, reason being. Stop. Um, Just stop. Please stop. Say what you want about the Giants, Eli, or, Eli or not right now. If they get on a bit of a roll towards the end of the season and teams are not taking them serious enough, they can mess around and run into – a team that that's just not like they can run into uh, a possible a Green Bay at the end if yeah. if if they don't get past if you know Tom Brady doesn't get past them which is more likely that they will but Aaron Rodgers is always the bridesmaid never the bride right so if you get whatever ha- and something happens to the, the Saints which something always does and they did already Drew Brees. <laughs> Right, but they're still nine. They're still nine and two, and the, the team around them works. So I'm, I'm not I, too like too I too pressured around them. But Drew Brees, but is that I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Yes, but again, something always dramatic happens. I think again, it's probably the homer in me, and knowing that the Giants can potentially, if the playoffs started today, would be in the playoffs. It's the delusion. You gotta give anybody. You really gotta give anybody a shot at this. The point. delusion. Don't 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 say the homer. It's the delusion. I don't are we really delusion. going? Pete, are we really going to entertain this? Listen, he's capping right now. We really listen, going to entertain this right now? To each listen, their own. To listen, each don't, their own when don't, 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 don't you, don't you gangrene people over there? Say nothing about my because <laughs> the playoffs started today. Y'all wouldn't be in the playoffs next year. So, really? <laughs> Again, we All accept right, it. We have our picks, right? Yeah, we have our picks. All so, right. keep it rolling. Let's keep going. To the last topic, ladies and gentlemen. Um, SmackDown was pretty good this week. Not a lot of you. Um, let's talk about uh, two two pretty pretty cool things that happened on the show. And they both have to deal with, of course, the tribal chief, Roman Reigns. Um, the, really? They open up SmackDown. You just going to bypass you know, one of the best moments of my boy coming back with the new music? It was cool, but Big E, Big E had, yes, I love the music. Shout out to, Hi, baby. Shout out to Wale, too. Oh, uh, hey, hey, baby. Look, look. look. I go back outside. I'm gonna look at. Hi, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Say hi to Nando. <laughs> but um, look, she's back in the camera real quick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, like I was saying, for SmackDown, two really, really um, big moments. Um, and again, they both involve Roman Reigns. The first one, um, his interview with Kayla at the beginning of the show, amazing. amazing. I love Kayla being on my television. Listen, Kayla is, is good for a really, really good with, with heels. She's really, really good with heels. Um, Jay Uso, of course, jumping the gun. Yeah, we accept. Of course, dope. Um, Roman Reigns just 
being the smooth operator that he's been, just and then and then KO coming out and and him him and KO having their little back and forth. Um, I love that it's KO. Take called KO from way beyond yonder before Roman, I think, had the belt. And Tay brought this up as well, but Roman's facial work has been amazing. Top tier, top tier, top tier. The line of the night was come on, we have we have a woman and we have a um, female in the um, home. I'm a gentleman. Grow up. I died. I was like, yo, this man is on point. (laughs) How you healing like this? (laughs) Right. And then, and then <laughs> again, fast forward through SmackDown. Again, a lot of good matches, a lot of different things. But we get to the main event, and Jay Uso once again is by himself fighting 201. Of course, once everything is handled, Tribal Chief comes out and handles business. Um, they lose via disqualification, but. The story building on SmackDown, and I said this earlier this week, why did they not give SmackDown the three-hour show? And <laughs> Why did they not give SmackDown the three-hour show? Because I felt like that was the best show of the week. Right. From top to finish, top to finish yeah. like, granted, I, I liked the AEW show. It was a little draggy until the end, but from, yeah, really from top to bottom, it was SmackDown. SmackDown was the yeah. better show this, this week. SmackDown was definitely the better show. SmackDown um, has been the better show for a lot of weeks. I know. I've, I've been a SmackDown. It gives, enough, yeah. it gives you just enough to want more, which is really important. Right. Which is why the two-hour works for them. Yeah, yeah two hours work for them. I think a lot of these would have been dragged out more if it was on if it was on Monday night. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, you know, you guys already know how I feel about this uh the Roman Reigns Jay Uso and I love the addition. Like I said, I've been wanting to see KO in this type of of field for a long time. I I love Kevin Owens as well. Um, yeah. another small little tidbit is I think that the collision course, the eventual collision course between Bailey and Bianca Belair, I think is going to be a really really good program between two women. Yes, I, I I definitely agree. Um, Pete, real quick, your 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 moments from SmackDown. Um, I was uh, obviously I was moved, uh, and this is a very regular WWE practice. Very moved by the opening uh, whole roster being on the stage for Pat. Um, mm-hmm. Incredible uh, moment there. Uh, Roman again has been one of the best things about SmackDown for a very very long time uh, right now, and it's great for me to be able to say I love being able to say that. Um, but I also really, I also really liked the again. I was a, a fan of Biggie coming back with new music. Obviously, a lot of people were talking about how okay, when are we going to start to separate him from the New Day? Obviously, the gear is very similar, but the the music is different. Um, and I like that he's gonna, you know, they're moving him slowly into a program with Sami Zayn and that Intercontinental Championship. Um, and I really am gonna like to see when Big E does explode because I think the way that Sammy has been working as a heel lends very well to Big E as a babyface. Um, I'm gonna be very, very excited about that. And uh, I was also very excited to see the um, the Maury segment on SmackDown. Um, that was a beautiful Maury segment on SmackDown between Carmella and Sasha. Um, you know, that split screen Maury segment that they had going on. Um, 
You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting to see what happens with that feud as well. I'd be more happy if Corey Graves get involved. I'm not even gonna hold you. I, I feel like she needs like a, a, a Aaron boy, and Corey Graves should be that Aaron boy. She did that with that uh, guy. Um, that work. Yeah, with two hands and a fighting chance. <laughs> <laughs> Am I lying? No, nah, you did. You're right. All right, all right. So, um, I love Carmella too. I think she could stand on her own. I think that she mm-hmm. could go for uh, Sasha. Um, mm-hmm. I want, like I said, I want to see Sasha in a lengthy feud. I want her to have a lengthy title run. I, you know, I think that this is the first stop of many. Um, was my girl Billy Kay on the screen this week? Yeah, yeah, she needs more screen time. No, I love that girl. Oh, I, I, I love Natalia making Bailey tap out. That was that was like, but that I was, was like, so overshadowed by Bianca's Bianca. Um, Bailey tension, but you know, Natalia shouldn't be a surprise, and she's a veteran, so it is. Yeah. It, it shocked me though, it shocked the hell out of me. I it is currently, it is currently a surprise for sure. Yeah, uh, Matt, final so, thoughts on SmackDown. SmackDown, moments. SmackDown was, was awesome. Um, I'm gonna highlight the, the build of the Buddy Murphy and, and Dominic thing, like it's it's, it's kind of dope that Buddy Murphy is getting this. He's getting highlighted and he's getting built to be like a serious, you know, superstar on SmackDown. I love it. Um, it, it it adds more glory to him that he has that Mysterio rub to him. So I like mm-hmm. that. Um, KO is just God. He was made for the storyline. <laughs> like, it fit him like a glove. It fits him. It fits him so. It, it's like I, it's like we got the old KO back, and I'm so yeah. happy about that. And well, they I overshadow the fact that Blake, uh, that Murphy's former. This is the first time we got Blake and Murphy back together. They were one of my favorite tag teams back in the old days of NXT. Uh, Blake and Murphy, and they found a way to finally reuse the Forgotten Sons. Uh, obviously, minus the the, the one dum dum, um, Jackson Riker. Reich, yeah, that guy. What happened to him? Yeah, right? He said some stupid stuff. He said he supported Trump during the Black Lives Matter. And, push. Yeah. and shout out to Corbin getting some getting the entourage. That was lit. He, that had, was lit. A, he had an entourage already, though. I know. <laughs> this one is more powerful. I like this entourage. It fits him. He's looking like He's looking like JBL when he had the little the cabinet. It looks it, it fits him. He needs that. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only thing I can think of, Ted. Gotcha. So so um thank you guys for rocking out with us. <laughs> um the marathon episode. Episode right, the mar- marathon. Yes. Oof. Marathon episode. But a lot of good things to speak about this week. Definitely. Um shout out to of course the whole Java Chase Network. Um all the shows. We don't want to keep you guys any longer. So, <laughs> for behalf, my dog about to kill you because you've been waiting to go outside. Listen, I, I got uh, a hungry panda behind. Me. Not, I want to lay down, so I'm tired. Yeah, you, you saw both my kids just came in. Daddy want a snack, right? So, <laughs> um, on behalf again of the Year Sports Show, Queen Tay, the voice of Generation Pete Rosado. BK Matt, it is your boy, Big Baby, signing off. Peace.